Any pithy last words? No, just stern head shaking. Josh, Star, and Ben. Three founders, Three's Company, Cerberus, Blind Mice, Hockey Periods, Triangles, Third Eye Blind, Podium Finishes, Tricycle, Founder Quest, Illuminati. So I had the first session of a conference that's happening online next week. It's the Business of Software Conference. Mm. And that's happening like Monday through Wednesday. But uh, on Wednesday of this week, they had like the replacement for the meet and greet the like the night before kind of thing where you just go and socialize and meet other people that are at the conference. And it was, of course, it's all online this time. It's not in Boston where it has been in mm-hmm. past years. And so the meet and greet was done on Zoom. And I was kind of skeptical, like this was going to work out very well because, you know, big Zoom meetings, they're just not good. No one ever talks because everyone's afraid to talk over somebody else, you know. But actually, it turned out really, really well. Like they did breakout rooms. So they had at first, everyone together is like 50 people or whatever. And then they did breakout rooms of five people. So you could actually just meet mm-hmm. a couple of people at a time. And that was just great. And did a couple of rounds of that. So it's like, uh, it really was like the best ever type of meeting for a conference like that. You know, it's much better than like yelling at people. Yeah. Anywhere, you know? Well, yeah, you and I have always talked about the, uh, like the mixer events that they throw where the night progressively gets louder and you yep. eventually yeah, lose your those. voice. Right. Yeah. Half the work for me in those those events is like creating my own breakout group anyway, right? Because it's like the only way you actually get to talk to people is if you kind of like wrangle five or six people and get them away from the DJ and yeah. just, you know, have a conversation with them. So this True. does the work for you. Yeah. How did they organize the breakout rooms? Like, was it in Slack or something? Or do they have a list of them that you joined or? No, like uh, Zoom apparently has this feature called Zoom Rooms and oh. you can just like randomly assign segments of people into rooms. And so you just oh, okay. switch, so you hit you a button. the main group to, yep, yep. Huh. So That's... in fact, you don't even, like I didn't have to push a button, like the, whoever was running the show pushed a button and all, of, all of a sudden, sudden now I'm in a smaller room. Wow. That's yeah. cool. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Did they have moderation like inside the, the breakout rooms or was it just a, sort of a free for all in that small group? So Mark, who was running the show, he gave us some instructions for splitting off into the rooms. He wanted each of us to introduce ourselves and come up with a question. And then basically, like once we got into the rooms, it was like, okay, go figure it out. Like, you know, here it says. And, and the first round was kind of, you know, didn't work all that smoothly because no one knows what's going on, right? But then we came back from that. We chatted a little bit about how it went. And so we came up with some new parameters like, okay, you should probably take just two minutes rather than, you know, the whole time because it was only like a, you know, a five minute kind of window. So the second round went a little bit better, smoother. And, uh, but yeah, so there wasn't like moderation. There was just like, hey, here's, here's what you should go do. Go do that. And then they corrected a little bit after there were, there was some confusion, you know, but it's cool. uh, I think it worked out really well. Were you already, uh, planning to go to business of software before pandemic yeah. and they yes. switched it or, okay. Yeah. yeah. So I, I haven't signed up for any online conferences since the pandemic started because I just thought that they wouldn't be all that great. But yeah, this one I had signed up for before I even had the tickets purchased. And so that's, you know, that's a thing where now I have a credit rather than a refund. And that's, that's kind of, that kind of gets me, but you right. know how that goes. Was it the, uh, yeah. they didn't refund any of the purchase price. I assume it's what, they just switched it to online or? Yep. Yep, Okay. That's right. That's, that's a pricey virtual event. It is a pricey (laughs) virtual event. (laughs) Knowing, knowing what, uh, if it, if like the, yeah, if it's like past. Yeah. 
uh, yeah, it's the same as rates. past year. So it's, it, it is kind of a pricey conference. It's in the upper end of the ones that we typically attend, but it's a great conference to attend. If you're, if you're an entrepreneur, if you are involved with software in any shape or form, like, like as, a, as a product manager or as an engineering manager, it's a great conference to go to to really take a break from your business and mm-hmm. uh, hear from some great thought leaders and uh, get some good ideas. I, each time I've come, I think I've done this twice before, I think. And each time I've come back with ideas for how to make Honey Badger better. And yeah. I think it's been really good, really worth the investment. And the the other attendees are like, like us, I would assume too. Like, do most of them have established businesses or, or are there a lot of people that are kind of in the starting phase? No, I'd say more, more of the people there are more established. So okay. you're talking about businesses that are much larger than ours mm-hmm. and that have been around for tens of years. Okay. So it's, it's not a lot of people who are in startups. So, but you know, the businesses offer forums have been around forever, right? And uh, these are the same, that same kind of crowd. So you, you get a lot of people who are working at, you know, Fortune 500 companies. And, and so okay, on. nice. Yeah. yeah I'll, have to, I'll have to check that out one of these years. I've noticed it for virtual events. Like I do a, a weekly group on Zoom and it usually draws a, a pretty good crowd, like, you know, about 40 or 50 people. And, you know, comparing it to sort of other uh, less formal groups I've been a part of, it seems like structure is really the key to an enjoyable sort of group experience in Zoom. And mm-hmm. like basically letting people know what is expected of them. Like Ben mentioned, when they went into breakout rooms, the moderator was like, okay, here's what you're supposed to do. Go figure it out. And so it's like, everybody has a task to work on or everybody, like everybody kind of knows what they're supposed to be doing. The places where I kind of struggle on Zoom meetings is when it's, you know, it's people that I'm not really super familiar with and there's no structure and you're just supposed to kind of like talk. That's when I just tended to um, go into crickets mode. Yeah, that's yeah. that's the kind of thing that like gets like makes it hard for me to sh- even like show up in the. My problem is I need to like or the, the risk to me in an online or in a virtual event is like that I just won't I won't open the <laughs> the Zoom in the first place because it's you know there's not much resistance there you could just just not. Oh yeah, yeah. So I don't know. Well, there's there's some commitment that you has to happen like if you actually go to a conference and you're like, you know, debating going to the networking event or whatever, but then you, you force yourself. And once you're there, you can't leave, like you're there and you have to have to figure it out. So one of the downsides to this conference though, is that since it's normally held in Boston and and since the people who are running it are actually based in the UK, they're still keeping the Boston schedule. So it's starting at eight 30 in the morning, Eastern time. So even though I get up early and I'll, I'll already be awake for that, still I'm not usually like up for Zoom calls at that time in the morning. So that's yeah, a little rough. that is early. Yeah. That is early for a Zoom call. If you don't mind me derailing a bit from the conference thing, sorry you said about you know having these kind of loose conversations and that can be kind of a, a problem on Zoom calls. I've had that same experience, but it made me think of something that I saw twice this week from two different people regarding Zoom. Well, tangentially regarding Zoom. And that was the idea that if you were in, doing interviews for a job, which we've done via Zoom recently, mm-hmm. because that's what you do. Actually, we've always done that because we're a remote company, right? But So if you're the interviewer. Right. But the two, the two comments both said, you should interview people in the same context in which you'll be working with them. 
So don't interview them on Zoom if you don't use Zoom on a regular basis in your business. You sh if you're in Slack all the time, then interview them in Slack. Like, oh, that's, oh, that's cool. That's interesting. So I, yeah. I wanted to see what, what you two thought about that. Hmm. I could see having them join, you know, some Slack channel for, for a period of time and, and have mm -hmm. some sort of, you know, format for interacting. Does it mean like, would you, would you like keep the same interview format, but just have it over chat or would you like, is that what they were saying? Or, or would it be not, like, not, you know, would you yeah, actually yeah. like, would you invite them to your Slack for a week and, and be like, yeah. all right. I think it was closer to the latter. I mean, yeah. uh, as opposed to just doing the interview questions in, in a Slack channel. Uh, I think mm -hmm. the, the, the notion is like bring them into your workspace for a while and uh, work with them as a colleague and yeah. get a really good feel for how they would be as an employee. Because, you know, like what, what comes to mind for me is like, because we, we did the, like, we've had pretty good success, success with the take-home projects. Like we've liked doing that with people, which is great because that's kind of it. it that does imitate how we work as individual, you know, individuals on projects. So give them a project and they, they go away and work on it for a while. And if they have questions, they, you know, interact with us like we would with each other. But I could see that being, I could see that fitting pretty well. That could be like the pretense for the Slack invite. Like, right. so we, you know, forget the, maybe like, maybe do like an initial saying hello, like a short thing, but we could focus on like, okay, we're going to give you this project, come hang out in our Slack for the week we're going to interact you know try to you know try to hang out and interact and talk about the project yeah. and share yeah share what you're working on and stuff and and that could be like the foundation for like the uh interview in air quotes yeah and since we pay people for their time when they're working on that project you know it's basically like you're paying to have that person show up as a contractor for yeah. a while uh, with your business so unless you're base camp might... they don't they don't pay <laughs> One thing that might be difficult for people regarding that is like, if they have a job, it's going to be difficult to show up in another Slack during work hours doing yeah, work. That does. You know, but in our case, we're pretty asynchronous, right? So just because we say show up in Slack doesn't mean we expect them to be there during work hours. Like that's just what we use for interaction. So, you know, that's true. oftentimes we'll just drop something in Slack and just wait for someone whenever they show up, they show mm -hmm. up. Right? So I guess you could, you could also do it over Basecamp, like have some yeah. sort of Basecamp format for you know, like maybe have them write some longer form yeah. things on the project and about who they are. We could give them like, we could just like send them the set of questions over, <laughs> over yeah. Basecamp and this, <laughs> but I mean, at that point, you're basically just back to like interviewing people over email <laughs> <laughs> with a fancy yeah, I just, UI. I just thought the, the, the concept was interesting. Yeah. Not even having that, that in-person Zoom call, if you're not if you're not really a Zoom company, because we aren't really. I mean, we, yeah. we hang out every now and then, but I just I hadn't ever thought of the idea of not having a face-to-face -face chat with someone as part of the interview. Process. Yeah, I think I still think that um, I'd want the face-to-face -face in there some somehow. Because I mean, like, well, for one, we do. We like we are we're on Zoom right now, and, and we are. <laughs> yeah, we do I've had, I've had Zoom calls every week or every day this week. <laughs> um, so. <laughs> So we talk like we're talking like we, we never use Zoom, but we do. But then again, like all the things that people talk about, like the, the benefit of, of I mean, the, one of the reasons we've we've tried to do more face to face is just that it's nice. Like it is nice to be able to like have visual cues and, and even just for the social aspect of it. So, I mean, like I'd, I'd want some form of probably face to face as, as a part of the interview process, but it doesn't have like we could. I think there's definitely room to like not have it be 
a series of zoom calls like yeah. yeah you know there's thinking about this idea there's been something that's like it's it's bothered me but i've been trying to figure out i've been trying to put my finger on what it was exactly and like i think it's be, i i think my problem with this idea is that it kind of is going down that route of making an employee sort of a like a cog in the machine right it's like well if you want to see how well the cog is going to work in the machine, just put it in the machine and see how it works. <laughs> but the thing is like, at least personally, like while I understand that like an employee employer relationship is a financial relationship and you know, it's not like your family or your best friends or whatever necessarily. Like while that's true, like I don't want to necessarily have employees be just defined entirely by their output, you know? By their work output like mm -hmm. i i want to have at least some kind of a human connection with people so like it, it would seem weird to me to sort of skip the human part like even if, if if the human part is just kind of like not even necessarily used to make the um hiring decision but just sort of i don't know to to sort of connect with people to one thing i've noticed is that a lot of people who write for us in the blog um, have been like oh you want to do a zoom call that's weird because like most people who do blogs um, and, and hire external content, like they don't actually get to know the authors really. It's all just very transactional. Mm -hmm. And yeah. that just leaves a bad taste in my mouth because it's just, I mean, I don't know, like, like maybe it produces the results that you want, but it just seems kind of sterile to me and not really the place I want to work. Yeah, it's a good, good point. Star, you are definitely the humanity side of our business. Oh yeah, I'm the humanitarian. It's okay. <laughs> well, maybe you know it could be a generational <laughs> thing here, though, because you know the younger generations they like their social their communication is uh, memes. So if you know the chat, bringing the chat into the picture could actually be a better way to uh, to express ourselves in face to face communication in the future. Oh yeah, because we could. Do just... I sound like a boomer? <laughs> It's like we got to do a phone call. Let's just hop on a quick call. <laughs> okay, thought, boomer. Thought, so, so Josh, I thought you're about to say so. We should have our applicants submit their submissions as TikTok videos. Right. <laughs> <laughs> we only interview over TikTok, <laughs> and and we won't even see your video unless it's good enough and it, and it shows up in our feed. <laughs> <laughs> we just look at the TikTok like like homepage every day, and if there's a video there addressing us, we will um, respond to it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that might, I mean, that would be a, if you're, yeah, that might be a good approach for like a marketing person, maybe, I don't know, a content creation. Yeah, person. that would be a gauntlet for sure. That's like making someone sell you for, for the sales interview or whatever. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, not that we're hiring anytime soon, but I yeah. thought that was interesting. We could, we could be hiring sometime soon. I don't know. We, never, we could never actually, know. I was looking at the, I was looking at the budget this morning. I was like, oh, we actually do have yeah. budget for somebody. We've got our, uh, we've got our conclave coming up, our, our, our quarterly meeting. So we yeah. can talk about that then. Yeah. I'm not still, I'm not entirely sure the sky's not going to start falling <laughs> soon. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not like, I might ask to, to wait a few right months now. before we, uh, before we make any yeah. big decisions on that. Um, well, speaking of the sky falling, my, my stock portfolio is very heavily weighted on the tech side. So I've been feeling yeah. pain. At that. Oh, that's why. <laughs> Oh, has it been, has tech been going down lately? I forget. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. I haven't checked. I got, got pummeled over the past week. Yeah. Oh, oh okay. did you hear star? Like the, what was like propping the market up? Cause that came out 
and it, it was what oh was, no i haven't was, heard it was softbank right ben um yeah softbank was like it was like was it like risky trading like basically just like dumping money into the market yeah just buying and, like crazy yeah buying like crazy no one knew uh, well i mean no one knew it was them like people knew this was happening but it wasn't yeah yeah so, so didn't I, that yeah. happen to bitcoin isn't that what happened to bitcoin <laughs> uh, uh probably. yes that's pretty much exactly what happened but yeah okay yeah. <laughs> so and i mean i'm sure this is uh i'm sure this is not the last time or that it's even stopped so right um, but it's yeah i mean kind of like we've talked about this and i mean this is kind of i think what we said was happening it's just we didn't know yeah and the culprit you know, was this time and we, we talked i think a couple of months ago about how we totally expected this to happen so you know corrections happen you just have to ride the wave and keep on doing your dollar cost averaging and mm -hmm. try not to refresh your portfolio page you know every five minutes <laughs> yeah <laughs> i don't know like i'm looking at the at the price of like the vanguard total stock market index and it's still like it's still what it was in February. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Like it, it's still like it hasn't, it hasn't tanked. Yeah. But if you look at NASDAQ, which is very tech heavy. Uh, yeah. Okay. You can see it's been, it's been not kind last week. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. But still, I mean, like it's, it's the same as what it was like, it's higher than it was in February. Well, yeah, but it's not, but, but like this, it's just, it was a dramatic reversal. Like it was going oh, up okay. and up and up you know, yeah. unexplainably until the soft bank thing came out. And then it's like, yeah, oh, pop. It went slightly down. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. you should at least have corrections during a worldwide yes. economic exactly. crisis. I would imagine corrections are healthy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's all, this is really, um, that's really opened my eyes about the stock market in a lot of ways. Like I've read a lot of books like the, um, Oh shoot. What's the, what's the name? The intelligent investor, like the, yeah, um, uh, Benjamin, like Benjamin Graham. Graham guy. Yeah. yeah. Um, like the Warren Buffett, like, okay. It's like, like stocks are, are tied to like economic value of a company. And so like the stocks of a country should be tied to the economic health overall of the country. And that's just not true. Like that's, that's, this is a lie. Right. And like thinking about it, it kind of makes sense because like all the people who are, you know, not all the, but most of the people who are, who are more or less in the same boat that we are, right? Sort of like professionals who invest in stocks and do stuff like that. Like on the whole, like, like that group isn't doing too bad. So, you know, I guess, I guess it's when that group starts doing bad, then people are going to start selling, selling stocks. Mm -hmm. Whereas right now it, it's mostly like, um, yeah, it's mostly sort of like lower people in lower income brackets that are doing that are doing bad, and so. Well, a lot of people like us apparently are speculating in stocks right now. That's part of the other the reason for the like the volatility right now is that like that makes a sense, lot yeah. more people are doing risky trading. So because they're bored yeah. at home, is that? Yeah, <laughs> basically, yeah. exactly. And and then at the same time, it's become so much easier to do. And then like fractional trading, just be, you know, it's becoming a thing now. So like people can yeah. get into it with less, less uh, dollar figures anyway. As I say, but, and you combine that with 0% interest rates, you can't yeah. make money anyplace else. Yeah. Right? And yeah. also I imagine there's lots of people who are, you know, who've been doing okay financially. Who is like, like if the market goes down, like they're just going to buy. So that's going to keep the market from going down. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So like, I don't know. Overall, like I don't like pandemic. <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah. I, I did, by the way, recently uh, shift shift some of my money out of stocks. Actually, very recently. So, yeah. I mean, like the I'm not going to stop investing in stocks or in the market, but the, it's going to be volatile for for a while, and yeah, it doesn't hurt yeah, to when boost pan- other forms of savings or you know. That's true. Reserves. Buy that like gold. The, buy gold now. <laughs> buy gold. Oh yeah, sure. <laughs> Don't buy gold. I- <laughs> Yeah, when the pandemic started, I basically took out most of most of the money from the stock market that wasn't like a retirement account. Yeah, so I'm still glad I did that. Like, it's nice having um, a little bit of extra cash in the bank for you know just for security and stuff like that. Yeah, definitely, definitely recommend the uh, the total market index for your 401k or your IRA for sure. Yeah, well, see, I mean, we've talked about this, but that's that's the only thing I'll invest in. Period. Like, yeah. I don't yeah. buy. I don't buy individual stocks, so, but yeah, like even I've even shifted money out of that. So, <laughs> um, not totally though. So yeah, it's, it's just, I don't think you, you, even with, even with like, if you're buying the entire market, like still, that is a basket. You're still, if you, all your money is in the stock market, it's still all in the stock market. So, right. Yeah. You know. Right. So speaking of money, Josh, you're paying for a note taking app. And so I want to know why. Like, yeah, <laughs> because like there are a gazillion note taking apps and. Well, uh, the, the simple answer is it's not a note taking app. Okay. Wait, what's a note taking app? Yeah, it's what Rome. What are you talking about? Rome? Yeah, Rome. Rome Research. So like, romeresearch.com. Every time, every time you bring this up, I hear that song, like that Bengals song, I think like Rome, if you want to, you know, that <laughs> one. See, well, they probably embrace that. Yeah. They, there's all kinds of Rome puns. Uh, most of them are like, you know, R-O-M-E it's R-O-A-M is the spelling. So it's, uh, but yeah, they, they use it as like, you know, ancient Rome or, <laughs> you know, all that stuff. I wanted to ask you about this because I just listened to the art of product podcast where, where Ben was talking about using Rome. Yeah. I saw that title. I haven't listened to it yet. Was it, was it good? Uh, yeah, it was good. I mean, you ha- you have to say it's good cause they might, they might be listening. They might be listening. So yeah, it was awesome. But no, it was good. And so, but, but Ben was talking about using Rome and why he finds it interesting. He kept coming back to this graph thing and, and talked about this graph of nodes. The network thought type thing. Yeah. yeah. And as he was describing it, maybe I just wasn't getting it because I haven't used Rome and I haven't really looked at it. But when he was describing it, I kept thinking, yeah, it sounds a lot like a wiki. Like, yeah, it, it, it is. So tell me, yeah. tell me why I should pay for Rome as opposed to just using a wiki. Well, I've never, I guess, okay. So I've never used a wiki um, or I've never like made an attempt at using a wiki for my notes. Some of the features of Rome, I mean, Rome, it, like, the, like the, the basic features are very much like a wiki. I would say the main difference, and I could be wrong on this and that like the usability of wikis is just amazing and that you can just like write fluidly in them with like zero effort, which is basically what Rome is like. But I like my assumption is that like wiki software is a little bit janky. Like, I don't what like, what do I do to set up a, a wiki? Like, what would you use for like, if you were going to set up a wiki? You know, back in the olden days, there was this app called TiddlyWiki. Yeah. It and was, that's still around. Is it? Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, that's I what I'm thinking of. Okay. So yeah. that's what I'm thinking of. So like, I have to go, what am I going to go do? Like, I have to go like spin up TiddlyWiki and I mean, that's self-hosted, isn't it? Yeah. 
So I'm going to have to host my own wiki. I'm going to have to like manage the software. So that alone, I mean, like I'll pay for, you know, I'll pay someone to do that for me. But at the same time, like I, I don't, I haven't used Tiddly Wiki, but like from the screenshots and what I've seen of it, it's like, like a little bit like Wikipedia or like, you know, like old, older software. Right. So you get a, you get a text area, you enter some text and that's basically it. Okay. So like Rome is so much more, <laughs> more than that. It's like a modern, it's, I would say like the, the, um, I didn't get it either before. And I, before I was introduced to it, um, I was introduced to it, uh, by my friend, Joel hooks, like back in, he's been using it for like, he, he was a very early adopter. I got into it like around the start of this year. And I didn't get it at first either. Like I was kind of like, not sure exactly how to use it, but the more and more I got into it and the more that it clicked, the more I realized, I'd say like the closest thing I can compare it to is, uh, probably the shift that happened with embracing notion, which was a big shift for us because same thing with notion. Like I was like, like, why would I pay, you know, a notion is like more expensive than, than Rome even. I'm like, why am I going to pay like this for this like expensive app just to host my, you know, my docs or something that I have in a Git repo right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't know. It's a little bit of the same kind of like mental shift that happened with that, like where in notion, like, you know, like you can create databases on the fly and attributes and all the things we love about it. In Rome, I'd say it's a little bit more focused. It is a little bit more focused on uh, personal, your personal thought process, but it is, it's like a wiki, but it's just, it's a very fluid way of like building your own personal, like networked wiki where you can write it's, you know, you can just basically like start typing in it and write and uh, link up you like, like the nodes in it. You can, it uses wiki style uh, syntax to right. link up nodes within um, like within your graph. It's a graph database basically, but you don't really think about like, you don't really like think about it too much as you're, as you're doing it. So it became, it, it becomes a very like fluid way to, to write. And actually like I found that it aids my thinking, like as I, as I'm like taking notes in it, it like helps me actually like kind of outline my thought process and then connect connect ideas and, and that sort of thing. So, I mean, I don't know, like I'm still, it's been a, like a huge learning process of like how to actually take advantage of everything that it does. And everything I've described is like the very base feature set too. Like it has a lot of weird, interesting capabilities that I haven't even gotten into. I guess I'll yet, check it out. So. I just, I, you know, I've been, I've been reading your notes that you posted on your, your hosted site there and, yeah. uh, and I've been seeing it popping up more and more and I see all these, you know, wiki tag looking things. I'm like, so why wouldn't I just use a wiki? So, okay. Yeah. Well, it's, I mean, it, you, if you, if you would be interested in using a wiki, then I would highly recommend Rome because it's a very nice wiki at, at the least. But if you want to do more with it, like there's a lot more more that you can do. Like for instance, they've got an entire community of people that are like basically hacking. Like you can, you can write JavaScript in it to change how it works. For instance, that's one thing that's, that's different from a wiki. You can also like theme it with CSS. It's got its own like query language built into it. You can do a lot of interesting like filtering because you can like tag and um, reference things anywhere. You can do a lot of interesting like queries on the data that you've put into it after you've built up, you know, a large set of data. 
I mean, like, yeah, there's, there's a lot more, but they're, they're not very good at, um, well, this is intentional. They don't have like a really good, like they don't, you can't just go and, um, like go to their website and they're not, you're not going to find like a, like guide of how to do everything because they have this like Rome cult, like marketing thing they do, which is I <laughs> like, this is the part that is like, you know, people kind of will start to roll the eyes myself included on their like one of their pricing plans is called believer and it's a it is believer i'm a believer star oh you are i will say like i really i do i really love it to the point where i actually was like i paid for the plan because i i was originally i was on a uh their free like free forever version before they actually started charging but i actually paid them for five years because i don't want i want them to be financially viable because I don't want them to, (laughs) I don't want them to go away and like take all my notes with them. (laughs) So, (laughs) so I've got a question for you. So I've been looking at the Rome website as we've been doing this. I've been looking at like one of their sample, their sample, I don't know what you call it, workbooks, whatever. And one thing that strikes me is that like, because it's kind of a graph database situation, because everything is so hierarchical, it seems like it would be really easy for me to like lose track of what's actually in there, you know, because like a lot of things are, are going to be hidden. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, because like you write your document and then you link to like 12 other like smaller documents. And like personally, like for me, like I know that after a month, I'm going to completely forget about like those documents about the structure of this thing. And it just, I don't know. It seems like it would be hard for me personally to like find things once I've made them. And that this yeah. may just be a personal preference, but I just thought I'd ask you if there's like something I'm missing. You might be missing the way that it does, um, the way that it does like linked page references, because personally I like having, like I was, I've been, a, a, you know, I've, I've taken a fair amount of notes in the past using various things. Um, mostly, you know, like, Mark, I've used Markdown files before Rome. I was using bear dot app, um, on the Mac and, uh, iOS, which is note taking app. But I would say like, I read, like I, I would go back and like find information that I had taken in my notes or actually use it much less before, before I started like learning to use Rome. And, um, I would say that's mostly because of the way it does the, um, like the the nodes and the uh like the inbound references so a while back when i was um i've been working on honey badger js which is our our javascript client library i did a research project a while back on learning all about server-side rendering and what people are doing in like react and view land regarding server-side rendering and how to uh like like basically like what the applications are and what the implications are for universal JavaScript packages, because basically like if you want to build a JavaScript library for people that are doing this, like it has to be able to run in both, you know, like browser and server environments. Um, so I did a big research project on this. So that's like all, you know, that's all in there somewhere. But if I happen to like want to reference something in the future, like if I'm, you know, working on it, like now, like whatever, four months later. And I remember like there was one, there was some topic that um, was like semi-related. I can go to that page and basically it's going to link me back. 
in a trail basically through my entire process of like researching that topic. And it's because every, well, I could just like search for something and then go and look through all the, you know, look through all my notes on it. But I could also say like, okay, well, I'm going to go look at ser- the, ser- my page on server-side rendering. And on that page, I'm going to see like what I actually wrote about server-side rendering itself. But then I'm going to see a list of linked references of like all the courses I took on server-side rendering, rendering all the videos that I watched about various, um, like how to do it on various platforms, for instance, and then the notes that I took on those videos. Basically, like you can kind of like follow the trail back, just like starting from any point in time, or I mean, any point in the in the graph, if that makes sense. Okay, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. So um, I don't know, like I find it like it's nice to be able to like basically start anywhere, like wherever you wherever you are right now, and you're like thinking about like what what you're looking for, like you can go to that and then kind of start to trace back like through what whatever your other notes on this on the topic were, and that can like. You know, you can, it's almost like a way to like research your own research or, or something like that. I don't. That makes sense. Yeah. Like I don't, I don't think I've ever, like it makes sense because I'm not, I, I don't really use notes like that. Like I don't really um, use notes as a way to document like, like what I am working on at the moment or like yeah. what I'm at the moment. Um, I didn't activities. either, but this changed that. Oh, so, interesting. Yeah. 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 Okay. I'm curious, like if you, I'm just gonna ask a random question and this is just my own curiosity, but is it possible to, um, I don't know if you've ever used like, I think it's, I think it's Scrivener maybe, or Ulysses where you can essentially, like if you're composing like a story, what you can do is you can write these little snippets of story on these little like quote unquote cards Mm -hmm. and then you essentially arrange them in whatever order you want. And then the program will take the content of those cards and render it as like one like document, so you can like look at it all in one piece. Yeah, is that something that that Rome can do? Do you know? I believe so. It, like rendering, I think Rome has a feature. I, I haven't used it, but I think I saw it somewhere in passing. It either has it or they're working on it, where you can like render like cards on a board type thing. But it's also okay. it's also like displaying it as a uh, you know everything is everything is basically like a list. Um, like that's the base format for for the data. But yeah, there's, it has a bunch of different ways to visualize this, the stuff that you put in. Um, for instance, like it can even, it can do tables, it can do um, different types of graphs and stuff. And yeah, it has features where you can like split it out. I think, I think it can split it out and show it on a, on a, on a board or something like that. So, okay. yeah. That's I, cool. Yeah. I just like the idea of um, like, if you're working on a big article or something, mm-hmm. um, being able to like work on a little part in isolation and keep it in isolation in your computer, but then um, essentially have all your little isolated pieces sort of concatenated to make the final um, yeah, document. Totally. And with the, with the list form, like, cause you, you write kind of in like a nested format usually, and you kind of get used to writing like that to where like, you know, you're basically like outlining you and you don't have to do that. You could just write, you know, paragraphs and each, each paragraph is a, a list item. It's just a flat list. But with, with nesting, you can jump down into a level and just focus on on that block too which is nice i use that a lot for um i've started uh, because i actually did used to i made a few attempts at doing like work journaling where i'm like you know keeping a like a running log of like problems i'm working on or things you know thoughts that i have that i want to go back to so one one of the other uh unique i guess things about rome is that it's centered all around like a daily 
um, like a, it's called daily notes. Daily notes is just like a, a chronological, um, each day gets its own document basically. Um, so it's kind of oh. like, like the entire things, and you actually might like this start, like the entire thing fo- like centers around um, like a daily journal basically. So the daily, like the daily notes is kind of where, like it's kind of where you live during like during the day when you're using it. And so everything kind of like usually stems from there. Like you start by writing, a, you know, taking notes during the day, like in this section, but then as you start to build references and things um, and jump around, like it starts to kind of, you know, span out basically from okay. there. Okay, um, That makes it a lot, a lot more interesting to me because like, yeah, yeah I do. Um, like I've got my little um, bullet journal that I use every day to, keep track of what I'm working on and, you know, make notes of things I need to do and and all that. Yeah. So my process is like, like lately I've been, um, I like where I'll like basically like log a timestamp and like what I'm working on. And then I'll immediately just like click into that bullet item and it focuses just that, just that item. And from there I can basically like outline as I work, I just keep it on the side of the screen. So it's really easy just, I, you know, tab over and I can write tab back and, and keep working. But it's all very like it, it, you know, removes all the other clutter of the entire, you know, the entire graph of knowledge that you have, basically. So, yeah, it's, it's nice, like the different views that it has that you can focus in on. Cool. Thanks for answering so, all my, my random questions. Yeah. Yeah. I'm interested if you try it out, let me know. I'm, I, I am curious to see what, see what you think about it. Um, but, uh, yeah. And you mentioned, Ben, I'm also, I lately at my project, like my side project, personal project is building a static site from a public Rome database, which I'm using for, uh, I'm actually, I'm thinking like it, it might eventually replace my blog or it's definitely like a supplement to my blog. Like it's where things will start, but it's been really, I've been right. Like I've, I've never blogged this much before, <laughs> to be honest. Like I never was good at, you know, there's so many, like, it's so hard. Like there's so many steps you have to do, like to like, do a finished blog post. Like, it's just like, you know, for most of them, I would just never finish them or never, never start them, you know, I, or even just like committing them to my static Git repo so I can deploy them. Like there's a lot of like stuff that has to happen. And in this, like this, basically I just like write in a Rome database and then it's published. And there's like no pressure of like having to like have a finished piece because things can change in it. Like you can just, if you want to make a change, you just go edit the page and it regenerates your site. So I'm really finding this, uh, I really like this idea so far of uh, publishing like a public notes thing, kind of like as a blog. And, um, and the daily pages are actually, it works really nice because like that's my blog index basically. So the index is just basically like a, kind of like a journal. Sounds cool. That's really cool. It's like a journal that's like live or something. Yeah, I'll link to it. Stories, not let that one go. Oh, what? Alive. <laughs> it's, was, like a, it's like a. It's like some. It's like some kind of live journal. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's almost. Not, it's almost not, like you're a. Bl- you're you're like a blogger. <laughs> yeah, like, for those. Yeah, so I'm sorry, Josh. I'm not making fun of you at all. No, um, I mean I you make. Awesome. Yeah. No, it's like, there's a lot of hype. There is a lot of hype around this and it's starting to get, it's about to get even worse. Like they just announced their funding um, and it's starting to go mainstream. And, you know, we're talking about this now okay. on the podcast, other podcasts well, I can't are talking do it about then. it. I can't, I can't get into um, it. Sorry. This is where like the true believers, uh, you know, go somewhere else star. So 
This is where, where Josh holds up his Rome shirt. You know, he had it before. Oh, school, there you go. You know? Right. <laughs> now I'm just gonna use, I'm just gonna write an ebook on how to most efficiently like use Notepad. <laughs> yeah. Like Notepad hacks for the um, the the clever 2020 Denison. So there are a lot of alternatives to Rome now, that, and people um, people have been talking like within the within the cult. <laughs> people have been talking about like all the other things like the other uh like extensions or alternatives to rome that people are working on um and vs there's a vs code extension that basically like gives you it turns code basically into a uh a rome database that just works off of markdown markdown files which is interesting um yeah. and there's other things like that or, or if you like to use emacs then you could learn <laughs> you could learn emacs and and use whatever I forget what they call the extension for that, but. Well, I noticed that uh, Notion just released Wikilinks as well. So they're, yeah. so like, so you'll it's, see it's a total, it's a total yeah. renaissance for the wiki, man. It's, it it's is. gone back. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And I, I'm, I'm, I, I like it. Like, I, I think that, uh, these are pretty powerful features and I, I'd like to see them in more, more tools. And yeah, I like, I don't think it's going to, it's not a, definitely not a notion replacement. I mean, you could, if you really want to like people, I think people are doing like company Rome databases because you can, it's, it's collaborative. So I haven't tried that yet, but you can invite your, you know, all your, your whole team to it, for instance, and all work on the same, the same database. So yeah, I don't know if you, if you all want to try that, I could, you know, I have the plan, so I could probably just invite you to one. I don't know. We might yeah. have to just stick with our old fashioned Emacs and text files. <laughs> yeah yeah i would try it out i mean i don't know i don't know if i have the bandwidth now to like change my way of working i don't think we need to do a big any kind of big experiment with it um i'd say check it out on your own i think like uh it does it's given it does give me like new idea well it gives it it's a good way to like a place you can like take ideas that you learn in other tools like this and like you can implement it, them in notion as well so I still like Notion as like our, our company knowledge database, basically. Yeah, I'd say it's worth, it's worth checking out. I mean, assuming you want to be cool. <laughs> I'm sure you have an affiliate link that we can use to sign up so that you get a kickback. <laughs> I don't think, yeah, I don't, I, they're too cool for affiliate, <laughs> affiliate links. Like you have to be, a, you really have to like, you have to buy in, <laughs> you have to buy into the cult. I don't, I'm not a huge fan of the whole, uh, the whole cult thing, but yeah. I don't know. Like what, like we need to like get some of this cult stuff for honey badger. For real. Honey badger to, cult. Yeah. Like the, we need the to problem is, is that there's no, there's acolytes. no leader. Like you, you don't have like a three headed, <laughs> a three headed cult. Oh yeah. So yeah. one of us would really have to step up as the, be, uh, the visionary to be our, be our leader. You don't want to have like a, the first like um, ogliarchical cult. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's well here. How about this? We'll uh, we'll start a public Rome. Well, well, not a public. I mean, that's we'll, Tesla. I'm sorry. We'll we'll start a collaborative Rome database and we'll work on our charter. Okay, Star. Okay, got it. The first charter of the. Uh, got it, and the handshake. Yeah. And yeah, well that that'll be in there. Yeah. All right. I think I think I sense this like closing up and um, getting ready for our big finale and by that i mean saying that this has been founder quest if you want to review us go to apple Podcasts and do that 
If you want to write for us or for Honey Badger, go to honeybadger.io forward slash blog. Look for the write for us thing on the page. Get in touch with me. All right. See you guys later. Have a good, a good weekend and we'll see you next week. Founder Quest is a weekly podcast by the founders of Honey Badger. Zero instrumentation, 360-degree coverage of errors, outages, and service degradations for your web apps. If you have a web app, you need it. Available at honeybadger.io. Want more from the founders? Go to founderquestpodcast.com. That's one word, where you can access our huge back catalog of episodes. Founder Quest is available on iTunes, Spotify, and other purveyors of fine podcasts. We'll see you next week.